All right. Well, welcome back to the Cafe Stop. We got uh, an amazing guest for you today. He spent over a decade in the world tour, ridden brilliantly in all three grand tours multiple times. Uh, did an amazing job honoring the Stars and Stripes on the world tour stage as U.S. national champ in 2019. And a podium finisher at the Tour of Alberta. We got to get that Canadian content in where we can. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Cafe Stop, Mr. Alex Howes. How you doing? Uh, that, that's how you know you're, you're dealing with Canadians, right? It's, it's when they're, when they're, when they're dro- dropping that C-bomb, like, casually. Uh, <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. Um, I was actually joking about that the other day with somebody, and I'm not going to throw you all under the bus. Oh, yeah. but, um, <laughs> uh, I'm fine. I'm great. I'm doing well. Yeah, it is. How, awesome. how are you all doing? Yeah, no, thanks. We're doing all right. We're doing all right. Getting through. Uh, busy times, as you know. Uh, you know, we both have small children. You know how the life works. But uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for being here with us, man. Awesome of you to take the time. No, absolutely. Um, we can go ahead and put this on the record uh, that I screwed up our first uh, scheduled rendezvous. <laughs> um, you know, if, if I'm going to rag on you for uh, for you know for for mentioning the whole Canadian connection and everything, I'll I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and throw myself under the bus and say that I missed our that, yeah. first first recorded recording. Um, so. No, it all works out. You were going on to bigger and better things that day, right? You were flying out. Um, I had, I had, I don't know. I don't even know what day it was, but yeah, I've been all, I've been all, I've been all over, I've been all over the map. Yeah, I need, I need like one calendar that just tells me what to do every day, every minute of the day. Oh man! Uh, Well, you can follow along uh, with Alex on Instagram. He is uh, at Alex underscore House. Um, and today we are coming from coming to you from uh, or on behalf of one of Alex's favorite cafes, which is N Grain Coffee. Um, I noticed they also they sell beer, which is amazing, uh, and even cycling jerseys, cycling kit. Yeah, I don't know if they sell beer. Very, they very sell cool. beer. They have they have some collabs going, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it looks like a really, really cool spot down there. Um, and on Instagram, you can check them out at Engrain Coffee and online at Engrain.coffee. And obviously, we'll link all that stuff for you. Um, yeah. Now that you've uh, hung up the EF jersey, it's my favorite question. And, and there's no way. I've said there might be some people that we can beat to the cafe, but we're not going to beat you to the cafe. Um, what are we buying? At the, what are we buying for you at the cafe stuff? What's your favorite go-to snack? Um, uh you know i yeah I've, I've always been a black coffee guy i don't know they they say that um oh, wow. i don't know that's like that's like a sign of you know like like all most psychopaths drink black yeah. coffee <laughs> something like that and i don't think i'm a psychopath but i think most psychopaths don't think they're psychopaths so <laughs> also uh, fair yeah totally fair yeah, play, if, yeah. There's, if there's anything like you know psychopathic vibe wise coming from me just feel free to let me know okay (laughs) uh yeah it it does line up with my uh background and education expertise but uh you know as as a professional i think i can say that i don't think you're a psychopath yeah Uh, yeah. that's a professional diagnosis right there yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) you're supposed to have a disclaimer or something on these podcasts right about this no don't don't take any of this as medical advice yeah yeah, Um, exactly yeah consult your physician before you decide you're not a psychopath yeah exactly. um, <laughs> yeah no black coffee and uh i don't know like a, like a zucchini bread i'm a big zucchini bread guy pumpkin mm-hmm. bread if we're going seasonal right now 
Nice. Mm. Nice. I do you like mm. pumpkin bread? It's a good stuff. Can't go right? wrong. Can't go wrong. <laughs> no, awesome. So we know what uh, we would definitely owe you when you smoke us on that sprint to the cafe. Um, <laughs> hopefully we get out to do that sometime. Um, the best part about the black coffee actually is it takes so long to cool down that we might be able to get a head start. Uh, yeah, yeah. You don't catch us straight away on the next bit. <laughs> I don't know. I drink that stuff hot. Most psychopaths do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is not going well for the psychopathic tendencies. Yeah. I might have to go so, back on what I said a minute yeah, ago. Yeah. Like full burning coffee and then straight into a sprint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Black lava, you know? Yeah. Um, no, Alex, I. Um, you said recently uh, that the beautiful thing about bikes is it's kind of like flying and that, uh, you know, you realize how far you can go under like your own, your own power. It's that sense of freedom. And I was just wondering, you know, that perspective about riding and, and about bikes is, uh, you know, has that been there since you started riding or is that something that's kind of evolved over time or, or how did you come to that sort of uh, view of it? Uh, you know, I, I think that's something that like we all, know and feel and realize innately like right right from the get-go um and i think that's why so many people are drawn to cycling in the first place um and you know i hesitate to call it cycling you know like it's you know (laughs) six-year-old kids aren't like quote-unquote cyclists you know they're they're (laughs) you know like kids that ride bikes um yeah but i i think that's why most of us are kind of drawn to it. it it it's um more dynamic and sort of freeing than you know just a sort of standard two-dimensional bipedal lifestyle um mm-hmm. but I, I you know definitely at the professional level i think you know we lose that and i think you know most you know it's kind of how it goes for most people they they sort of lose touch with with that sort of aspect of just the adventure and just the simple joy of the i don't want to say wind in your hair but just the the movement the flow um and mm-hmm. i don't know i guess in my in my old age i've sort of come back around um the not the circle of life, but the wheel of life, you know, and here I am again, just enjoying the the simple pleasures of riding. Um, yeah. You know, Josh, you can, I'm sure you, you resonate with this when I say that, like at this point with the, you know, she's nearly two years old. Uh, yeah. When I get to get out on the bike, like it is, it's a treat, you know, like, yeah. like, <laughs> like I, I get out, I get out for a lot more treats than most people uh, uh, given yeah. what I'm, what I do. And, I'm still doing, um, yeah. but yeah, it's you know, you you realize pretty quickly and immediately almost every day that I ride, um, like wow, this is this is much nicer than changing diapers and um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, trying to trying to get some macaroni and cheese on the table. Yeah, I don't have a kid, and I can resonate with that one. Yeah. <laughs> You're, you're like this is this is sweet. This is a, yeah. this is a joy. Like, this is great. I love right, this. Yeah. Not that I don't love my kid, but I love this. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, your no. kid's listening to this in ten years' yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lo- love my child. Um, but uh, as they say, we all need a little me time, and uh, you know, yeah. it turns out bikes is you know a great way to do me time. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in turn, coming back uh, like into the dad life after that, you're going to be more refreshed, probably have more clarity and, um, you know, probably have a little more patience, those sorts of things if you do get that, right? Every, everybody needs that for sure. Oh, theoretically, sometimes um, you're just like completely blown out, you know? I should have yeah. gone home two hours ago. I'm an idiot now. <laughs> oh, oh, oops. Now, now i'm double dipping you know? we all make mistakes <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it happens um, and, um on that sort of parenting note you did say as well i think um like you got into riding through your dad and you always looked up to him and thought he was like super cool uh competing um like what was that like for you in those early years and how did that sort of fuel your passion for riding um I don't know. I think, I think for me, I was pretty lucky in that like bikes, bikes never seemed weird. You know what I mean? Like, like it was kind of, I mean, yeah, like there, there was no awkward stigma around it that I had to get over when I was like 16. Like I was just like already awkward. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and weird and <laughs> like it was just a continuation like I, and i yeah I, I came into it in a a pretty it, it felt like a very natural way um and so in that regard i i, I feel pretty fortunate and pretty lucky um it, it has kind of been strange and fun to watch um cycling become more and more cool um you know like Mm -hmm. get all these people like cruising around in flannel shirts and doing the gravel cycling you know adventure stuff and um you know buy it buy an expensive cycling clothes and uh it's kind of trendy in a lot of ways i mean obviously it depends Mm -hmm. on where you live like it's probably not that trendy in dallas texas but it's you know it's trendy where I live, uh, and there's there's a lot yeah, of kids yeah. that ride a bike to school. You know, like the the high school that I grew up in. There's, I think there's like fifty to a hundred kids on the mountain bike team. And when oh, I wow. went when I went to school there, I was the only weirdo riding a bike to school every day. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's, cool it, it's been a big shift. Like it's been a big shift, and it's like pretty fun. Um, yeah, and I feel pretty fortunate to have come into it like not knowing that I was weirdo until I was yeah. six, 16, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and then making things cool and setting trends that way and having it be part of the whole transition too. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I, I'm not that trendy. So still, <laughs> still, still weird. Don't worry. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, for those of us that, that don't have sort of that inside perspective, um, like what's it like to ride a bike in the world tour? You've raced like, you know, like I said, all three grand tours, some of the biggest races in the world. Um, what's it like from the inside? Um, yeah, it's, it's a machine. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's very much like a 24 seven, 365 pursuit. Um, it, it it's the sort of job that uh yeah you never turn off um and when i say job it, it can't just be a job you know like it's it has to be a real passion um 
yeah, a lot of a lot of time traveling, a lot of time on the road, um, and yeah, like a lot of just training. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like inside the peloton, if that's what we're asking, like it's it's fast. It's, um, yeah. I mean the the amount of decisions you have to make on like a second by second basis, like completely. Ex- I think would just explode most people's minds. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, like I drive in like rush hour traffic now. Um, Not every day, only when I screw up. (laughs) Yeah. But it's, it's funny because like, (laughs) you know, people like, you know, talk about like, Oh yeah, it's crazy. This guy cut me off and oh, this is going on. Oh, I got to change two lanes. And not that I'm a good driver, but um, (laughs) I, I would call myself, average but yeah just the number of decisions you have to make while driving you know in you know heated traffic versus like world tour racing is like they don't even come close to comparing like it's oh wow it's not like it it's insane like what they do (laughs) what what happens in the world tour and it's amazing what people can become habituated to like it, it just feels totally natural um like you almost don't think about it and it, you really don't realize how fast and crazy and weird and hard it all is until you have like, like Keegan Swenson's a great example, you know, like great, great racer, mm-hmm. um, really good bike handler. Uh, I mean the guy super strong, the guy knows his way around two wheels, like, you know, as, as well as anybody out there. And then you throw him in a world tour Peloton and, um, he's I, you know i don't want to i don't want to bash on the guy but he's effectively clueless you know it's like that's that's a that's a yeah. course that he just never took um and yeah. yeah it's it's just so different and so fast yeah yeah it, just, it sounds like you're getting the, the same perspective not to throw back to someone else who from the expedition <laughs> but phil guyman was saying exactly the same thing is like in the moment it was like the most exhilarating and fun thing he's ever done and then afterwards he watches he said that he doesn't watch the world tour now because he doesn't Mm -hmm. want to see his friends in any sort of danger and now he looks back on it and he kind of sees the perspective of the danger of that um and how crazy it actually is to have done that and be in that position yeah it's it it's so weird watching racing um I mean, yeah, I've, I've always watched races. Like I still watch them. Um, and even when I was like at the top of my game, like when you watch a bike race, like when I watch a bike race, I, I just think like, Oh, they're going to die any second now. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> and then, like, well, like, what are they doing? Like, this is insane. Like this is never going to work, you know? And like, yeah, obviously sometimes they crash, but like, you know, 500 times out of the, you know, one time out of 500 is when they crash. Like it, yeah. it's very rare. Um, and it's incredible with the world tour Peloton. Like usually when somebody crashes, it's one person. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if that same crash were to happen in, you know, an amateur field, it would be, you know, 87 riders like yeah. world yeah. tour riders ability to, to dodge and, and, and compensate for mistakes is, is incredible. Um, yeah. But yeah, even when I was like at the top of my game and like freaking out on TV and you're like, well, this is nuts. Uh, in, in the race, you just, 
it makes a lot more sense, I guess, from like the writer's perspective. Perspective, mm-hmm. um, like you almost see things before they happen versus like TV or you're, you're watching it uh, basically retroactively. Um, so yeah, it's a weird thing to watch to watch bike racing uh, as someone who's been in there. It's yeah, it, I don't know, gets me fired up, but uh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, you have to remember like what it's like from the from the the rider's view versus the bird's eye view. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I had one year or one streak there where I didn't like. I don't think I crashed for four years, three oh, years, wow. four years. Which is pretty good. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. Not many people can say that. I think that was the longest streak I've ever heard of. So yeah, yeah. must speak to your bike handling ability for sure. <laughs> i don't know i mean there's like bike handling ability and then there's like um i mean part of it's it's sort of the uh like the the drunk driver scenario where like the like they crash but the the driver who's just absolutely hammered is like totally okay and all the passengers die like it's yeah. sort of like that with bikes like you're like okay like my wheels are effectively gyroscopes and if I just hold on tight and just just rip through this thing with apathy and just yeah. like blind faith, like I'll probably pop out the other side. Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> which, which usually what and, happens and at, uh, at ridiculous speeds, no less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, <laughs> the best sprinters. If you watch them crash, it's interesting because, um, like they never put their hands out right like they they go down with the ship no matter what like even until yeah, yeah. Uh, right up until they're like dragging their teeth on the pavement they believe that they oh. can save it you know like yeah. they're just still trying to save it as they're going down um yeah yeah cyclists are idiots i mean yeah most athletes are but, <laughs> <laughs> but like you said though like one time out of the 500 you'll crash so like they've saved it so many other times it's just ingrained like you live on the edge like that yeah i mean yeah it, it's interesting though when you like calculate out like how what what do those 500 look like because sometimes that 500 can happen in like an hour <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know there's 500 instances when you, well, should, yeah. when you should crash you know like a, a gnarly yeah. wet day at, at pays basque or something like you should be on the ground yeah before you even get out of the neutral which happens a lot actually but yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow amazing insight um now um now that you're uh in the latter part of your career like you said before um like there's so few kids who get to i think you said like you were seven years old tearing a page out of a magazine saying like i want to be that you know um so so few kids like less than one percent get to do that um how uh like how does that feel for you now looking back and and what does that mean to you that you got to be part of that few i mean yeah it's just eternally grateful honestly um and yeah it's professional sport and i feel like cycling in particular you know, especially coming from the U.S., you know, trying to sort of infiltrate a European dominant sport. Um, yeah, it, it's some. It, it's a it's a math equation that shouldn't work out. Like it just 
isn't really supposed to happen. Like, um, you know, if you have a high school guidance counselor and you know, kid walks in and they say, I want to be a professional cyclist. Like they can, yeah. they can look it up and do the math and be like, yeah, that's the odds are point zero 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 one. Like you should probably, <laughs> yeah. uh, try and get some better grades in algebra, buddy. Um, yeah, and so plan B. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna need a plan B. So to be, you know, <laughs> one of those people that that was fortunate enough to to make it happen, to have it happen, to have it happen to me. I don't know. Pick one of those three. Um, yeah, it, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm just in, incredibly grateful. Um, and yeah, I don't. I yeah. A lot of it comes down to like circumstance. To be honest, like. Like I tried really hard and I was talented and, um, I, you know, I made a lot of good moves, but at the end of the day, I also had like, um, a guy that just quit world tour cycling, having an existential crisis and decided to start a junior team, like basically in the town that I lived in, uh, this, this being Jonathan Waters. And, you know, I sent him like nine pestering emails and he, let me join the team and you know fast forward 20 years later and here we are uh that's pretty lucky <laughs> you know yeah so yeah but no a lot of determination and uh even with you just talk about those like emailing over and over like uh you know determination and self-advocacy and, and pushing through and working hard on the bike as well yeah i mean I'm not going to say I didn't try, you know, I, I get, I get teeth are all ground down from trying, but, uh, yeah, yeah definitely lucky. Definitely, definitely grateful yeah. for the opportunities that I had. Yeah. Super cool. Um, back in, um, uh, 2018, you were, you were faced with some significant health challenges, right? Um, you had said, uh, and I love this quote, by the way, you said, my body was giving me the middle finger. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> that's one of the best quotes I've seen to just sum things up perfectly uh, with a simple statement. Um, but yeah, um, you know, and I guess, so you had some some issues with your thyroid, is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's sort of a, I don't, I don't, yeah, more or less no fault of my own, you know, genetics are a weird thing. Um, and yeah, totally thyroid, totally blew up on me. Um, was like hyperthyroid to the max lost. Like, uh, I'm trying to remember now, but it was, it was something crazy, like 10 pounds in a week, basically. Um, Holy. and was like eating the house amazing down. If, if it wasn't yeah. uh, anything to do with your thyroid, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the thing was, is like, it was, it was gnarly. Cause I mean, I would, I would literally go ride and then my body would basically wouldn't build anything up again. So it was, I mean, I would like mm -hmm. wow. try and sleep and stuff, but, um, yeah, like, anything I broke down would I'd basically just you know piss it out. So um, yeah, I was just like hemorrhaging muscle mass and fat and um, yeah, probably brain cells. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was it was gnarly, um, and we've more or less got it figured out again. Uh, yeah. 
I've had a couple of little flare ups, but nothing like that first first round. Awesome. Yeah. No, happy for you. That's great news. Um, you said too, like uh, during all of that, you kind of you thought your career was over, right? And like, how like how scary was that for you? What was what were the hard days like during all of that? Yeah. So, I mean, well, that whole stretch was like super rough. Um, mm-hmm. And part of it was, yeah, it's like okay, career's done, time to make a change um body's all jacked up but like one of the big things with hyperthyroidism is you're just like you you're totally 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 wound up so like anxiety is a is a big thing um so like not only was i thinking my career was over i was also just she's going batshit crazy basically (laughs) um yeah because because of the disease you know so it's like definitely a, a very sharp double-edged sword there uh so yeah it was, it, was, it was zero fun um and yeah i had like i'm trying to think yeah it was it was a pretty stressful period because right before that i was gene up and i was pretty pumped to like try and win the tour of colorado um yeah and i was going really well and i was like pretty convinced I was going to be able to do it uh, right, like right before my body totally fell off a cliff. Um, so to like see that go away, I was really devastated. Um, I just bought a house, uh, and that was oh, like my first house. This is still I'm still in the first house, but I you know just yeah. signed all the paperwork for uh, you know very high loan. Uh, and then I was like, you know, <laughs> my in-laws were in town and everything. And then I was like, Oh, I just lost 10 pounds in like a week. And, oh, man. uh, I feel like hell and, uh, something's very wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. My career's <laughs> over. Uh, oh shit. Um, okay. Oh man. I, I got to figure something out here. Yeah. So yeah, it's like. Take, going back to algebra stuff i was like taking classes online for algebra i was like i, I had no idea what i was gonna do i was like ah this oh seems like God. a good idea i'll learn math <laughs> 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 but just everything right at that brutal time i guess um yeah it definitely makes sense that you were feeling things pretty hard and feeling a little anxious uh that must have been really rough a lot of feels for sure yeah it was it was a weird thing because like it was almost like nothing could change anything. Like I was just revved to the max and I was like, just dumping the weight like crazy, but I could eat anything. I like, I could eat like three Thanksgiving dinners in a day and I still lose weight. Uh, I could also drink like, you know, I didn't push the limits on this, but like I could probably drink like 30 beers and I would feel exactly the same the next day. Uh, I could, you know, drink 40 cups of coffee and it wouldn't, affect me like it it was interesting it was it was like whoa uh hormones are crazy (laughs) yeah (laughs) like like this is like oh like when those things go completely out of whack like there's nothing you can do to change that like yeah i i find it funny with like all the the biohackers and stuff because you know assuming you're in some sort of equilibrium you know you can uh have some effects on you know what your body's doing in one one direction or another but 
um, you know, somebody with like extreme hypothyroidism, like there's no way they could, you know, lose 20 grams if they wanted to, like it just doesn't work. Like if they don't eat the food they're they'll just go to sleep like something. I don't know. Like their body will just slow down. Uh, and if you have, you know, the opposite, which what I had hyperthyroidism and it's, it's really bad. It doesn't matter what you eat. Like you're just going to go, you know, yeah, your body's just going to do whatever the heck it's going to do. So, um, wow. Yeah. Like I said, you know, as you said, you know, fully getting the middle finger from my body. There's, there's nothing, (laughs) nothing to do to change that. Jeez. Aside from medication, Jeez. which you know, yeah. Again, I feel fortunate because I know other people who have been in that situation, and um, they've tried similar medical intervention. Uh, you know, I have like one tiny little pill that I take. I don't know as regular as I can, but uh, I forget often, uh, and I'm fine. And then mm-hmm. there's people that take basically thirty of the exact same thing that I take, and you know, eventually you have to go get surgery because it's so bad. Jeez, so, wow. Yeah. wow. Well, we're glad. Mild uh, case. Yeah, we're glad you're doing better. Um, that's some some crazy stuff for sure. Um, and even, you know, going from now to you think you might never race professionally again and even like taking math or algebra classes online, trying to figure life out. Um, going from that extreme and you know, all the way to coming back to winning the U S national championship. Um, like how amazing did that feel? And like crossing the line and to take us through the comeback there, how did it feel to be the American champion? I mean, it was, it's pretty sweet. Um, I mean, once, once we got stuff figured out medically, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting because it was, yeah, I mean, I, I just had this like major existential crisis and like trying to figure out, you know, what the heck I want, wanted to do or could do like career wise. Um, I was like, and it, it definitely highlighted the fact that, you know, professional sport can be very fickle and very short. Um, so I went into 2019 and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to just train as hard as I can and, uh, go all in and see, see how it comes out. And, you know, knowing full well that it might just go, completely shit um which i was kind of at peace with um but yeah trained the house down that winter and and came into it and um was in great shape and we had gotten it all clear to do this you know weird alternative calendar um and that was in a lot of ways um kind of a brush of breath of fresh air there because it was like okay i got to do a lot of things that i wanted to do um check some boxes mm-hmm. uh and actually have you know like proper fun you know like just show up to a race with a couple buddies and you know, go smash it and yeah you know no no directors looking over your shoulder no um <laughs> no no pressure really you know and just show up and race yeah. and have fun and see what happens and um so that was, you know, the momentum and the feel and the the vibe for 2019 after the first, you know, four or five months was great. Uh, couldn't be any better. And then I got like deathly ill after un- Unbound and just laid on the couch oh, with no. a fever for like two weeks. And 
then oh, sort of showed up showed up to nationals thinking like well we'll see how this goes and uh yeah. you know turns out having a fever for that long is really good for heat out heat adaptation so yeah uh, it worked out great <laughs> yeah <laughs> the people that i've known who've done unbound i think get deathly ill afterwards anyway just because of how horrendous that race is yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you have to be deathly ill to show up to it in the first place. <laughs> to, yeah, it to seems like, like a life-changing experience. Yeah, <laughs> to want to want to go do 200 miles. Um, but yeah, it's hard on the system for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you said you uh, the the alternative cal- calendar is getting more uh, into your calendar now. Is that bringing back the love of cycling that you were saying you kind of lost as you got into the world uh, world peloton? Yeah, I mean, so the the hard part with World Tour Cycling is that it's, at least hard part for me is, I mean, I've just, you know, gone a lot, you know, you're on the road a lot. Um, I mean, even if you don't race like a super heavy calendar, you're still in Europe, you know, minimum six months out of the year, um, you know, which is, can be a lot of fun, you know, like, I don't hate Europe, but um, it's despite my best efforts it's never been home um you know i think even if i'd you know gone all in and you know i don't know married a catalan lady or something and had a family over there um you know like like my my grandparents don't live there like my aunts and uncles don't live there and um you know i i've always tried to spend quite a bit of time with my family and um you know it just yeah, being that far away from home is it, it's hard, um, and it was something I was willing to do for roughly a decade. Uh, but you know, towards the end of that, it was it was definitely uh, wearing on me. So the alternative calendar was like a lot of fun because I got to do a lot of races that I wanted to do, but it was also um, a really, really, really good excuse to just come back to the uh, North American continent. Is there anything on your bucket list uh, for the alternative calendar that you really want to get done? Oof. Um, man, it's tough because there's, there's so many weird and awesome races out there. Um, yeah, I've been... So this coming year here, 2023, I'll be doing my own program, um, you know, parting ways with the F and doing my own thing on the dirt. Um, and it's tough when you like sit down and like really start trying to put it all together, like, cause there's so many like good opportunities out there. Um, I think next year, the big one, uh, for me will be ride divide tour divide, uh, from, from nice. Banff down to Mexico there. Um, one, because it's, you know, logistically easy in in one sense like you don't you don't need like a big team or anything like you just need a bike with a lot of stuff on it and you have to get to banff and then you know yeah obviously get your way back down but uh that one i think will be interesting because i i think um and i hope i hope nobody in the internet corrects me here because i think it is a true like i think i'd be the first person to do the tour de france and tour divide uh, and I think it'd be an interesting like compare and contrast between, you know, F1 style, uh, world tour racing, you know, ultra endurance versus just, just the working man's, 
I say, I say working man's, but Leo will probably kick all our butts. Um, yeah, but yeah. I'm going to say the only man I can think of crazy enough to do it would probably be your ex-teammate, Lachlan Morden, right? Someone who would have already done Tour de France and might be stupid enough to do a race that long. Oh, he's he's crazy enough to do Tour Divide, but I got the tour on him. I don't think he ever did the tour. Yeah. Oh, did you not? See, now the internet can't correct you because that was my best guess. Yeah, there you go. I I think he might do it as well next year. That'd be be fun. I don't know. I'd love to do it with him. Uh, Yeah, yeah. No, that'd be awesome. It'd be sweet to to pick your brain after. I think, like you're saying, that's an awesome comparison. to, to compare and contrast both those races um, would be really cool. No, I'll we'll probably, maybe I'll probably lose a bunch of that. probably lose a bunch of brain cells when I do it, but uh, <laughs> probably, probably, probably won't remember anything. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what makes it fun. <laughs> um, and you know, like you're just saying, like uh, Europe has never been home, and obviously, um, you know. Uh, you're a native of Colorado, and uh, you grew up cycling in, in the USA, um, and then, of course, spent a large part of the last decade racing in Europe in some of the major races there as well. Um, with all of that sort of perspective under your belt, what do you think is maybe the way forward for cycling uh, over here in North America? Um, you know, I definitely going through a bit of an identity crisis over here in the States. Um, I say mm-hmm. states, but you know we'll we'll lump Canada into that as well. Um, <laughs> we got our own problems. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't I, you know, I don't want to call you all state. Well, North America, we'll go North America. Um, yeah, but it, I don't know. I, I think it's interesting because it's it, it on some levels it, it seems really bad. You know, like there's no tour of California, there's no tour of Utah, there's no tour of Colorado. Uh, road racing is basically mm-hmm. dead here. Um, and that, you know, as somebody coming from the road like that, that hurts emotionally. Uh, it's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, bikes have never been bigger, you know, like in the U.S. Like, it, people people love cycling here. Um, it, it, I mean, they, they sold more bikes during the pandemic than they ever have. Um, gravel's mm-hmm. blowing up for sure. Like, you look at the participation rates and... A lot of these, not just the bigger races, but, you know, even small little races that nobody's even heard of, like, you know, there's still 350, 400 people just showing up, you know, like, what the heck? Um, so people are into bikes and that's, that's sweet. Um, and then, you, yeah, we have, you know, high school mountain bike league, um, that's like taken off really well. So there's basically what I'm getting at is there's a lot of people riding bikes and there's a lot of talent. Uh, yeah. more talent now than than I think ever coming into the sport from North America um, and the question is is how do we well two questions one how do we you know translate that into uh, you know people racing at the profession, professional level or how do we get that translate that into people watching professional racing you know mm-hmm. becoming fans of professional racing and then yeah I guess bigger question is like do we do we want that <laughs> you know like do, yeah. <laughs> do we want to continue to be um you know the 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 awkward uh 
weirdo standing in the corner uh admiring you know european racing um i i, I don't know uh do we want to keep hmm. shipping our 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 best and brightest over to Europe to, to race against the world's best. I mean, I, I think we do, uh, to an extent, but I also think that, um, there's a chance and an opportunity now, um, for, you know, something like gravel to sort of stand on its own two legs, um, here in North America. Uh, I don't, I don't think road racing was ever like a great fit. Um, just, I mean, anybody that's ridden on the road enough, you know, they've gotten things thrown at them and, you know, cars buzzing them and, you know, people, people culturally are not like stoked on bikes in a lot of ways, um, here in North America, Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, gravel and mountain biking, I think have a place. So, um, hopefully we can, we can make that, put a a good foundation beneath that and, um, see where it goes. Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, I think the that sort of gravel alternative um, style racing has really exploded everywhere, but particularly in North America. Um, and like you said, culturally, I think it's suited better to that here. Um, uh, and it, it, that's super exciting in its own right. Like the technology um, is very new and innovative and, you know, that's really exploding too. Um, and that's super fun to to watch. And obviously you've, you've been enjoying it too. Um, I think, you know, would you say maybe there is still a place, um, for any type of road events, like, like the traditional style of road racing, I I would agree is, it's not conducive to success here in North America. Um, but maybe like, you know, the crit scene has had some popularity over the last little while. Do you think, um, and that, again, that's something that's not very big in Europe, right? So would you say that like that might be one way for the road scene to sustain itself here? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think road racing is, is like full stop dead in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it would be interesting to see. You know, it's always been an, an up and down, an ebb and flow in the States when it comes to road racing. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, really all bikes, but, uh, road racing in particular, you know, like you look back to like the eighties and like all the cool races they had back in the day. And like, it it was, you know, you couldn't throw a dead cat without, you know, hitting a road race. Uh, and then it all just sort of vanished and then, you know, started popping back up through the Lance era. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's gone back down. So, you know, road racing, I don't think is, you know, we can't call it gone. Um, it'll, it'll come back, uh, in one shape or another, but yeah, I, I don't know with, with crits, it's interesting because it's, it's similar in that it goes up and down, but I, it does seem to be finding, um, a bit more stability. Um, I know there's a few projects out there trying to like, you know, build a better framework for it. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see where, where it all goes, but, one one thing that's you know yeah it's not that hard to put on a criterium um you know and when i say put one on i'm not just talking about a parking lot crit you know like a like a proper (laughs) downtown criterium you know there's there's a lot of a lot of puzzle pieces that you know are a lot easier to put in place versus you know like a a tour of california or something like that 
Um, mm-hmm. So it has it has the potential to to work in America, and the fact that we have the history that we do around it, um, you know, makes me think that it like it it can and will happen um, mm-hmm. to to a certain extent. I mean, the biggest question is is how how successful that'll be. But I mean, in my lifetime and career it's been interesting to watch like people people used you know used to have like so many you know 45 plus masters racers get like all g'd up for like the local criterium and you know they all go out there and like bash each other up and you know three guys walk away with a broken collarbone and you know you know another (laughs) one can't go to work anymore because he he busted his hand or something (laughs) Um, and the appetite for that, you know, well, it is still there, you know, like, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of crazy people in the world. Uh, so crazy (laughs) things will continue to happen, but the appetite for that seems to have gone down. Um, yeah, like I just, I don't see the same enthusiasm from the the everyday, you know, racer to, to go do that. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, I don't know what that will translate to when we're talking like, professional criterium racing uh down the road but um i don't know i yeah it it has potential for sure yeah i guess time will tell for sure yeah um and even like you know based on what you've seen over the past couple of, of decades i guess um just kind of building on that um you know what in terms of all type of racing and particularly like in the professional ranks what do you what work is there to be done do you think in terms of maybe looking at like equity and inclusivity in cycling you know like um representation clearly lacks at the moment and payouts for men and women are, are clearly quite different that sort of thing um do you think things are are getting better in that sense or um is is there a lot of work still to be done you know there's uh yeah there's there's a ton of work to still be done um i think it's going in the right direction like Mm -hmm. pretty clearly like i mean yeah just having the women's tour de france on again um Mm -hmm. you know that that seemed like it i mean that seemed like it moved the needle um and it was obviously huge and it was you know I don't know. I watched every day. Um, yeah. And it, you know, it's good racing. Um, but it, Some that was more exciting in the men's, I think. Yeah, for sure. But it was, it was interesting to have something like that where it very tangibly and visibly, you know, was like moving the needle every day versus, versus mm-hmm. like, you know, you have some, yeah, gravel race in Oklahoma or something that, you know, it's like, yeah, we're, you know, doing equal payout for men and women, you know, and it's 500 bucks each. And you're like, okay, cool. That's great. Um, I don't think any, any, you know, woman out there is going to like quit her day job to go try and make $500 this race, you know? Um, and every, every little bit counts and like, you know, intentions matter. Um, but, you know cycling overall in general sort of mirrors you know the greater public and you know social issues you know it's like you know women get paid less than men you know day to day uh in in the real world and that's you know in in most countries let's say uh you know and that's something that needs to be changed and worked on and fixed and you know we're trying to examine it you know 
as a society, but um, to see it, you know, trickle into cycling, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's a good thing. Um, and it's, mm-hmm. like I say, yeah, there's definitely. a lot, a lot to be done there. Um, and in terms For of, sure. you know, trying not to make cycling just the widest sport in the world. Um, you know, like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know, you know, it, yeah, there's a lot to be done there. Um, criterium racing seems to be a great avenue for that. Um, you know, I don't sure. know like a lot of people of color that again want to like go to Oklahoma and ride on a dirt road for you know twelve hours in you know mm-hmm. diesel truck territory. Um, but you know, <laughs> yeah, that that's there's definitely. Uh... <laughs> its own issues with that and that sort of thing. Uh, that's a good point as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe a little uh, safer to do it um, all in one spot in a criterium without running into um, maybe some people uh, like that with potentially some, some red hats on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's safer in some ways, but like also just like more, uh, you know, just culturally appealing, you know, like, Mm-hmm. yeah like yeah i don't know you, i i would like to go i i don't know i kept talking about doing this crit in harlem forever um next year might be the year uh mm. just go down and check it out wow wow yeah that sounds awesome yeah um yeah i didn't even know they had one there um that'd be sweet to check out um we'll keep our eyes peeled for for you doing that maybe next year we'll see i'll we'll see if i get a road bike or not <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did a couple of local crits this year on on the gravel bike and uh i can tell you 32s yeah, yeah. don't really uh 32 c tires don't exactly jump out of the corners <laughs> they don't cut it in those right <laughs> yeah all right you're, you're stuck to the ground pretty good you can lean it hard but uh yeah, yeah not, not exactly zipping (laughs) (laughs) um what do you think uh if you can share with us maybe would you say some of the the best memories or the best memory from your career um you know and tied to results or not or just uh you know any shout outs to some some former teammates uh anything like that um yeah i think like one one thing that I always felt like really sort of summarizes pro cycling and was kind of a really bad memory, but a, like an awesome memory at the same time. Um, it was like 2014 Tour de France. It was like rainy and nasty and we're all riding together and it was like kind of a critical moment and there's a bit of a pinch point. Um, and we all crashed. Like every single one of us, like, and there's like we all crashed. This was the five hundred time. Yeah, we all crashed together. You know, like I think literally, I think there was nine of us in the ditch, like together, uh, and like epic, epic wipeout, epic yard sale, like times nine, all together, and just like yeah, like I don't know when you when you crash hard, it's sort of like getting like everything's okay and then you're like thrown in a washing machine and you just like flip around and you know there's you know 
this cinematic drama kind of thing going on and just like and then and then and then everything's very still and you're in severe pain uh and in that moment where everything is suddenly still and there's severe pain uh like i remember like looking around and just seeing it was like oh like that's that's these this is this is all of us like we all crashed um and it was like literally all of us and like one other guy from ag2r or something um but to me that was like kind of a cool moment um and kind of a beautiful thing because it was like rarely do you have a time like that where you just you you're working together so tightly as a group um and rarely do you see it like so clearly from the outside and i guess from the inside in this instance um and that's really what professional cycling is i mean it's a team sport and um Mm -hmm. it it's easy to lose that from the outside and from the inside um but i mean day to day you really do i mean you live and die by like what your teammates are doing um and to be in a moment like that where it's like oh shit we all you know like we all go down (laughs) together um you know that that was actually you know in retrospect and in hindsight it was it was a really cool moment and and something that like always stuck with me um and you know i don't don't mind i don't i'm not going to miss being in the ditch but like i i will miss and i already do miss uh you know that that camaraderie that that you know that sort of ride or die feeling that, you know, you're, you're out there and it's like, you, you better know who your teammates are and you better trust them uh, because you, you know, yeah. you are literally trusting them with your life. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, who are some of the guys on that team? If you can remember. Um, I mean, I remember Hanier Acevedo in that crash broke his top tube in half. Oh, um and I can say that because he wasn't on a Cannondale. This is before Cannondale. Uh, but yeah, he, he broke his top tube in half. And like we all jumped up and got going again. And I was like, honey, are you, need, you need to go get a new bike. Uh, and he was just like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do it. Um, <laughs> like the race was like totally on. And we were like chasing super hard. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm, I'm dead serious. You need a new bike. Um, and it was like, kind of funny and not that funny but like he didn't speak english like full stop like and like i was i think i was literally the only guy on the team that year that spoke spanish well i guess Kalinsky spoke spanish but um he he had bigger fish to fry so i was like hanier's translator and i was like the one guy in crappy spanish trying to like talk him into getting a bike that had a whole top tube <laughs> Um, but yeah like who else was on that team yeah Talansky was on that team Sebastian Langeveld um, uh, Johan Bernil or not Bernil uh, Ben Sumeran um, uh, Jack Bauer wow. I think I think Tom Yelta Slachter was there that year jeez, but, jeez. What a... Yeah, what a good, good squad <laughs> What a crazy experience, though. <laughs> yeah. 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 S- super cool. Crazy 10 on. years in general. <laughs> um, I was thinking about this when we were talking about uh, you growing up and ripping the the poster out of the, the magazine when you were seven. But how do you think cycling has changed over the course of your career? And, and since that poster, I mean, there must be 
quite a big difference between that and, and what we, what you're looking at behind you right now. Like I've been staring at my, <laughs> uh, and oogling your bike. <laughs> uh, are we talking broad changes? I mean, I think, I think overall, like it's, it's become a lot more professional. Um, you know, the, the days of like Sean Kelly, like working on the farm for, you know, five six months out of the year and then coming out and like winning Perry nice like that those don't exist um <laughs> you know like the best riders get like two weeks off and then they're like straight back on it and they're at altitude camps you know i don't know probably five months out of the year just sitting on a mountain in tenerife or something um so that's definitely changed i mean equipment wise obviously things have changed quite a bit um but it does seem like cycling has grown in popularity um i don't know if that's just because i i i personally know more people that are more into bikes but it, it seems like overall um it it's grown um you know it it still has its old um like the areas that have always loved bikes like Belgium and, you know, good parts of Italy. Um, you know, those, those, those areas are still into cycling as much as ever, but it seems like it's, it's a lot more global sport now. Um, you know, there, there really weren't many riders from, you know, like Australia, for example, um, you know, back in the, 90s there were you know, a couple guys kicking around but um i mean now australia has australia has their own world tour team at this point um so it's it's grown um and it's it's a lot more international you know it used to be kind of a french only french only game like you know like if you didn't speak french or italian um yeah good luck <laughs> uh, but now it's you know english i think is probably the most common language in the propel done oh wow wow damn interesting yeah super cool insights um a another thing we wanted to pick your brain on and uh it's funny alex like we're both the same age and we have kids around the same age as well and i remember chatting with you uh, i think it was last winter um when you had the kind of baby gate set up around the indoor trainer there um so the pain <laughs> cave but blocked blocked off um you know we both know as well as you know every parent out there that life shifts massively when you have a child um but how is that for you and you know going through that as a professional athlete um and like you said especially one like you know you're you're probably in europe six months out of the year if you're in the world tour that sort of thing so how was how that for you uh, I mean, it's been a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, the, I think the probably the biggest thing I've, I've taken away, like, uh, from being a parent and like, since becoming a parent, it's, you, you just realize very quickly that you can't do everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> like the athlete's mentality is to just sort of like tough it out and double down. Um, you know, like if you, if you if something's not happening, you just try harder. Um, yeah. <laughs> like you just like you just keep pushing. Um, whereas when you're a parent, like it's like, oh well, there's actually only 24 hours in the day. 
Um, and like we do have like a finite store of energy and, you know, mental capacity. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, okay, I need some, something has to give, you know? Um, <laughs> and where, where you pull that from, I mean, it varies day to day. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, you, you also learn like priority number one is trying to keep the child alive and give them a happy, healthy life and a chance, yeah, of a, chance course, yeah. a chance for the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you have that, you have that big priority shift and, and then you just realize, okay, yeah. we got to figure out how to work back from there. <laughs> no, so, yeah, absolutely. Bang on. Um, even like as you're riding at that elite level too, is like, has it changed any of your like, you know, perceptions about like trying to keep yourself healthy and not crashing that sort of thing is like, has any of that gone through your mind after becoming a parent? Um, I mean, I've always tried not to crash. That's always been like priority. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a good goal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm like more risk adverse now, but I definitely am more aware of risk. Um, mm-hmm. I still take chances, but um, try and keep them a little more calculated. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think the bigger thing is like around training and stuff. It's like, what is, what do you, what do your time commitments look like with, with kids and stuff? Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. It's, I guess I'm, I'm still, I'm still in flux here, you know. Like I, we just got out of it. It's it's funny how like fast kids, how fast it all happens, right? Yeah. Like yeah, you think yeah. I I don't know. I guess I always thought like okay, we'll have a kid, and then it'll be like really tired for like three weeks, and then I'll like I don't know write some journal entry and have an epiphany, and then like everything shifts, <laughs> you know. And like yeah. the reality is is like you're just like completely throttled for the first year. And then yeah. <laughs> they effectively come out of like the baked potato stage. And then you're like, wait, we need to like figure out what the heck we're doing with like our whole lives. Uh, and also um, there's just like little Tasmanian devil, just like ripping our house apart at all times. Um, yes, so yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like there's, the, there's not a lot of time for reflection and that's good and bad, I guess. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> on one hand like you want you want to feel all the feels you know like you don't want to miss a moment yeah uh but then on the other hand it's like well if you felt all the feels you probably would just be like so shit scared that i'd, I'd probably go get a vasectomy right now <laughs> 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 yeah. no uh yeah i don't think there could be a more a- accurate description i think it uh, i think you read my mind on that one as well sounds a lot of exactly what i would say sums it up very very nicely <laughs> uh, yeah i mean you, you just oscillate between like this what a beautiful thing we've done this is so great and then you're like oh my god what the fuck have we yeah. done this is crazy like i'm not, respons- <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not responsible enough for this like this like how does the government allow this like this is insane yeah you don't have to take courses or anything you just yeah like like, leave the hospital with this baby 
Yeah, like you don't need a license for these things. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know how they, it is in Canada, but they, they just they just check. They they take you out to the car in in the states, at least like most places, and they yeah, check yeah. check to make sure you have a car seat and make yep. sure the car seat's in there right. Yeah, and they they help you strap them in the first time, and then they're like, "Okay, arrivederci. Yeah, enjoy your life. Yeah, um, <laughs> good luck." Let us know if uh, social services are required. Yeah. You know, goodbye. Like, oh. And the main difference there is they swipe your credit card in the US, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, not on EF health insurance. I will say EF, EF has the best health insurance like on the planet. Uh, nice. Nice. Think, yeah. <laughs> Any pro cyclist that want to have kids, join EF. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the message. Full, yeah. full stop. Yeah, yeah. Full stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this episode's been an excellent contraception for me. We're going to wrap things up with some quick fire questions in a minute, Alex. I just had one more for you and another excellent quote from you, which we've had all throughout the episode. Um, you said when you retire, you want uh, people to know that you had a great time. Um, and you came in with a smile and left with a smile. Um, what is it about bike riding uh, that keeps a smile on your face through the ups um, and downs? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh, it, it it's always been fun. I don't know, like you, even the even the shitty stuff. It's you know you're still having fun at least on the bike. I'd I'd like to hope. Um, I don't know it. I've always wondered, like, if I wasn't like racing bikes professionally, and I, you know, never realized I could ride a bike and did something else, like, would I be just like completely depressed, or would you, would I just be the exact same person? <laughs> I, I have no idea. Um, you know, there's One no double find out, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's no double blind studies on that, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why, why, why it makes me happy, but. I also don't know if I need to know why, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's best not to ask too many questions sometimes. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, before we wrap up, what's next for you? Do you have anything you want to shout out? Um, any upcoming plans? Um, I mean, I'll still be around next year. Uh, obviously not at the world tour. Um, yeah, I'll be kicking around doing some, some gravel stuff, some mountain bike stuff. Um, Actually, when I say kicking around, I mean I'll be I'll be out there a lot. The plan right now is to um, buy a bigger truck, get a travel trailer, and uh, take the show on the road and um, see how long uh, I can tolerate having a, a two-year-old um, uh, on the circuit with me. <laughs> It'll be messy. <laughs> it's like yeah. I've, I have no illusions about the fact that it, it yeah, it's it's going to be very messy, uh, but it'll be a lot of fun. And it'll be fun traveling with traveling with the family and seeing the sights and I don't know doing the stuff. Nice, yeah. So sounds yeah. awesome. Josh and I have a friend who is doing not not the the pro level cycling, but has a two year old in a van with him right now mm -hmm. and his wife, and seems to be enjoying it. So I'm yeah. sure you'll have a great time. Yeah, we have high <laughs> hopes for you. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about we thought about the van thing, but we need somewhere to like basically lock her away and 
Um, a shower would also be nice. <laughs> a van seems perfect. <laughs> yeah. No, we also need to be inside out of the weather. But I don't know. It'll be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, awesome. No, thank you so much for all the great, uh, great insights. We look forward to following along with you um, next year as well. Um, just a few rapid fire questions before we go, if that's cool with you. Yeah. All right, I'll I'll kick this off. I'm not I'm not sure if you're going to be able to answer this one or if you're allowed to, but Shram or Shimano? Um, I'm gonna go Shram. Just for you all guys. Right, all right, that's a win. That's a win. For me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've taken that's, so much flack for writing Shram. That's a big win for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Best definitely, definitely. Uh, best place to ride. Best place to ride. Um, ooh, Columbia. Oh, nice. And I'm not sure if this changes the answer, but the uh, the place you've ridden with the nicest people. Um, the nicest people. Um, the Basque regions got a lot of nice people. They're always nice cool. to me. Yeah. Nice. Uh, best pizza toppings. Uh, I like I like mushrooms and olives. Green or black, though? Uh, black olives. Yeah, like the like the weird mushrooms, you know. They can't just be like the, the standard button suckers. <laughs> yeah, you need some. You need some. Yeah. You need some weird, weird fungi on there. Not not the kind that make you feel weird, but <laughs> yeah. like you know, weird looking. <laughs> um, your favorite song to write to? Favorite song to write to? Uh. I don't know. I really don't listen to much music on the bike. No. Flat out, like period. No. It's pretty rare. Do you listen know, to I, anything or I'm a I'm actually a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> Just si- silence and breathing. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's uh, come full circle yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. From the beginning. Uh, I actually listen you're to just, a lot of podcasts. You're just counting in your head. Yeah. yeah, quite a few podcasts. Yeah, just counting <laughs> in my head. Yeah. I start out with the number of <laughs> number of number of seconds the ride is going to be, and I count backwards. So, yeah. <laughs> um, if you're streaming any any shows, what's the best show out there right now? Uh, what is the best show out there? Like like uh, like TV shows or, or podcast shows? Yeah, or TV show or streaming or podcast, anything like that. What's what would you say is is the oh, best? Man. Oh man, or a few. You can have a few if you want. We can go top ten. I I listen to a lot of lame stuff. I listen to like public radio for like six hours a day when I ride. A lot of times, like it's it's tragic, honestly. <laughs> uh, big fan of this American life. If you ride far know. enough, you can change station too. <laughs> yeah, it's true, actually. Um, yeah, I just, like I, I like I have a telephone now, like a smartphone. Uh, but back in the day, I definitely used to like just have like a like a pocket radio and would just like cruise around. Oh yeah, and, yeah. You just oh, wow. let the universe tell you what to listen to. Mostly static cool. though, because I'm a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> um the the funniest guy in the world tour 
what used to be Dave Zabriskie. He was like hands down the funniest guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, nobody, nobody's come close to him. Yeah, takes it. Yeah, yeah, he's, um, he's got that, got that title. <laughs> nice. Uh, Grand tours or classics? Classics for sure. Solid choice. I've just watched Josh add this one, so I'm not sure if it's because of my contraception joke, but a dad wants a, a real thing. No, no, they're not. <laughs> Straight That's up. the answer I wanted. Yeah. No, Straight to no, the point. They're not. I like it. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, the common myth. Common myth. <laughs> Oh man, awesome! Well, no, this has been super fun, man. Thank you uh, so so much for taking the time. Glad we got it set up on the right day. We we nailed it. Um, we appreciate uh, all the all the awesome insight and uh, yeah, thanks thanks for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. <laughs>